0: Hey there, welcome to the Clyde podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Clyde. And today I am going to uh, let you in on this amazing conversation I just got to have with Mike and Kim Anderson. They own and are the founders of Mike and Kim Coaching. Uh, They do specifically coaching around blended families. They have two online courses designed to help blended family couples. And they also host a weekly podcast called the Blended Family Coaching Show. And I've known these two for decades and kind of watched them and their family from afar. But it has been so cool to see them sort of go from blending their families and experiencing the hardship and the tension and the grief and how to create healthy family dynamics. And over the years, they've become such learners of the topic that they're now helping so many people, coaching and providing tools and emotional support and renewed hope for people. And so I think even today, if you're not a part of a blended family, I think you can get so much out of this podcast. I know that i personally was taking notes for my own family uh for my marriage and my parenting but i thought this was a very interesting conversation so listen in and enjoy Well, you guys, it's so fun to hop on the podcast and be with you today. As we were just saying offline, I feel like I haven't seen you in person in a long yeah. time. I suppose that's <laughs> what the pandemic does.
1: Absolutely. Our lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. Well. It's, it's great to see you. It has been a long time.
2: Yeah. 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 we were looking forward to connecting with you today. Mm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's been a while.
0: You guys, I want to start by rewinding back to your love story, and I don't know what it is. You can share as much or as little as you want to, but take us back to you guys meeting and dating and then beginning to kind of put the pieces together like, hey, I love this person. I'm in love with them. I don't want to live without them. And oh, holy cow, we're going to have to merge
1: families. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, how long do we have? That's a lot. Well, we
2: we did meet at work. Mm -hmm. It was an office romance with all the the gossip that goes along with that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So that was complicated. And um, we were friends. We were friends for quite a while. We just hung out in the same friend group Mm -hmm. from our workplace. And um, uh, I don't know if you want to share this or not, honey, but he was actually engaged to someone else when we met. I was. And uh, I had nothing to do with the breakup of that engagement, that by accurate. the way. <laughs> but I watched him through that, and I got to know him, and I got to really see his character. Mm-hmm. And that's what attracted me to him was his his character and how he treated that situation was pretty outstanding um, for what from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, and so eventually, we did. Uh, sparks started to fly. Surprisingly, for both of us, we were both really taken off guard by that kind of yeah. like whoa what's happening here this is like over
0: movie? the copy machine kind of a thing <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> you're like whoa actually, who are you
1: yeah. it's actually <laughs> kind of a funny story so yes I was engaged and then I'd literally just planned and unplanned a wedding because my ex-fiance mm-hmm. and I broke up six weeks before our wedding Wow. And uh, and Kim had been divorced mm-hmm. and actually not too long before that she attended her ex-husband's wedding. Right. And that all the emotion that came along with that. Which was weird. So they were in this <laughs> office, you know, environment and this other couple within the office were getting married. And of course, everybody was invited. Okay. And so I'm, I remember walking by Kim's desk one day and I was like, so are you going to this wedding or what?
2: We were both very <laughs> we anti-wedding. Like, I don't really want to hang out <laughs> yeah. at a wedding. Right? does this not sound fun. not the
1: environment we want. And uh, I said, hey, how about we just go and be miserable together? And she was like, all right. <laughs> and so it was an interesting wedding. It was, it was a morning wedding and a late afternoon um, reception. And so we were like, "Well, what shall we do to bum around?"
2: Big gap of time.
1: So we went to the store. We got some picnic materials. We went to a park, and if we could pinpoint a moment that mm-hmm. the sparks flew and that there was a love interest <laughs> emerging, it was that moment. Yeah. Uh, sitting at the park and in, in great weather, suddenly looking at each other like, "Huh." <laughs> there's something new going on here. Mm. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's a cool story. I like it. It was fun. It was fun. Which of you or did both of you have kids? Who had kids Mm -hmm.
2: when you met? Mm -hmm. I had a five-year-old daughter and Mm -hmm. I'd been divorced for about three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mike did not have any children, but he had grown up in a very difficult step family. Yeah. And so he was pretty terrified about starting a blended
1: family. I was. So I uh, I was born into a blended family. My mom had a couple kids. Uh, their uh, dad left. Then she married my dad. They had me. And then mm-hmm. my mom passed away when I was a year old. And at seven, my dad remarried and my stepmom brought two kids of her own. So uh, my dad at that point had four stepkids and me. And wow. it, was, uh, it was really dysfunctional. There was a lot of anger. There was abuse in the home and uh, a lot of things were going on. I left home at 16 and, um, and didn't really look back for a long time. Uh, praise the Lord. I've been reunited with my dad and a lot of forgiveness through all that process. Uh, but it was, uh-huh. it was a lot of blended family dynamics. And so Kim is my first marriage and only marriage. And so in my childhood and in my married life, I've never not lived in a blended family. I've I've always Mm. been in a blended family. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: when you, you have this picnic before you go to this (laughs) wedding and (laughs) sparks are flying and you find yourself falling in love with a woman who is divorced with a child. Yeah. What was that like? Because you almost sound like you had in, I don't want to put, words into your mouth, but almost baggage from the Mm. past around Mm. how harmful uh, Mm -hmm. your experience was in a blended family. You said it was dysfunctional or unhealthy. And so did you have a lot of fears you had to work through before you were Mm. ready to make the leap to commit to, because you weren't just committing to Kim, you were also committing to her child. Uh, Yeah, Annika is, uh, Mm -hmm.
1: is my stepdaughter's name. Absolutely. There were a lot of fears. Um, and it's funny to you know think back on that. There's this dichotomy between the depth of love that I was experiencing in this relationship with Kim that I had never experienced in my life before and the very poignant fear that, oh, oh man, this means another blended family how in the world are we going to do this without it ha- being a tragedy? At the same time, as a young man, um, feeling like he could conquer the world, I also had a lot of thoughts around, well, I know what not to do. I, I know what I don't mm-hmm. want. I know what we don't want. So I should be able to figure it out. So there was also <laughs> a little bit of flippancy, like, ah, I mm-hmm. I should be able to figure this out. It wasn't until... Several years in that I started realizing that knowing what you don't want and knowing how to get what you do want are two very different things yeah. mm-hmm. and so we we've certainly had to navigate some challenges yeah. through and, that.
2: and he had also never been a parent so he's coming into this family dynamic where I had a parenting groove I had my way of doing things mm-hmm. and you know post divorce I was a pretty permissive parent I was parenting through a lot of guilt and fear that i had been dealing with and so there wasn't a lot of structure in our home and Mm -hmm. annika kind of ran the show and so mike's (laughs) coming into this dynamic thinking that he was gonna you know be parenting this child and be part of the parenting team and (laughs) and i was like oh no 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 you 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 can't tell my (laughs) child what to do. You can't tell me how to parent her. Mm -hmm. And so right out of the gate, we started experiencing the parenting um, issues that that most blended couples experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether just one person has a child or whether they both have children, parenting is one of the most difficult things Mm -hmm. to navigate. Mm
1: -hmm. For sure. By far. What was interesting about that, though, is we we had already been doing some work. In Mm -hmm. fact, one of our current country's leading experts in blended families, his name is Ron Deal. Mm -hmm. He came to Bellingham at one of our local churches the weekend before our wedding to do a two-day seminar about blended (laughs) blended families. And I was like, okay, we're going to that. And in fact, that was part of how I was dealing with the fear that was going on Mm -hmm. inside of me. And Kim's like, really? Like we're getting married next week. We got a lot of stuff to do, right? Weddings take some work. And
2: I was extremely naive going in. I thought, (laughs) oh, this is going to be just like a first family. It's cool. We'll just get married. It'll all work out. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what the complexities were, honestly.
1: So I I said, no, we we really need to go to this and learn. And it was an incredible two days, um, I think, for both of us. Mm -hmm. For me, it didn't excuse what happened in my home growing up, but it really explained a lot. And it began mm-hmm. to put me on a different thought trajectory about how will I reconcile someday? Like I'm headed to my mm-hmm. wedding next week and my parents, my dad and stepmom, don't even know I'm getting married because we were that distant from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started a new trajectory in me to say, I think there can be some healing from my past and, we don't have to repeat that for the future. We can do something different. And so I came out super excited and hopeful. Kim was a little different.
2: <laughs> I came out kind of, uh, my little bliss bubble was burst. <laughs> I was like, what are we walking into? I had no idea what what was going to happen. And I, I my eyes were opened and I'm thankful and grateful for that. Mm. And at the same time, I started having some some apprehension about how we were going to handle a lot of this.
1: Yeah. And so, so coming back from our honeymoon trip, we said, we know there's other couples that need help. And, and so we, we
2: need help. Yes, and we
1: need to keep <laughs> processing this and figure okay. out how we can do this well. And so we ended up uh, getting some material from Ron Deal and we began leading a small group at our local church and just started talking about the realities of blended family life and the difference between that and first family. So right out of the gate, we started learning with others and building community. Um, That was 21 years ago. Yeah, Yeah. it
2: was so helpful. It was such a blessing because there were couples that came that were further down the road than us. Yeah, And we could learn from them. And then there were people that really needed to hear parts of our story and it was just a great community. Yeah. It's
0: so fascinating to me. And I think over and over again, I see this all the time on this podcast when I talk to people. But so often, God uses our pain and our story yep. to now he purposes it and he uses it to help other people in their pain. And it, so it's fascinating to me. You guys are 20 years down the road, mm-hmm. maybe 21, 22 years from the picnic. I'm not sure. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> <Yep>. where <laughs> you had this this mix you talked about of love and fear and Mm As soon as you merged, you began to see things that came up and you needed help and you created this community. Now, 20 years later, you're helping other people. Exactly. I I want to talk. There's so many questions I have for you when I think about people listening who are in blended families or who have friends who are in blended families. Statistically, I think your website says this. The divorce rate of blended couples is double the rate of first marriages, which mm-hmm. means that many children experience multiple broken. Broken family dynamics and unhealthy examples of marriage. Yeah. Why do you think that is? That the rate is literally double. That's when I read
2: that, I thought that was insane. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not surprising at all to yeah. us because the dynamics are so painful mm-hmm. and so difficult to manage. And it's not. It's not even just managing the emotions between us and all of the things we have to figure out but it's managing everything going on around you. The other home that the Mm -hmm. kids are doing visitation back and forth to and what's happening in that Mm -hmm. other, how it impacts your home Mm -hmm. and the struggles that the kids are dealing with, with grief. You Mm -hmm. know, every blended family is born out of some kind of loss. There was a divorce. There was Mm -hmm. a a passing of a parent. There is a loss. And so you come into this blend with these with these mixed um, emotions of, yeah, we're, you know, this is joyful. This is going to be great. It's a new beginning, but Oh, we've all got a lot of loss. We're still figuring out and navigating that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. And then they're born into step families or blended families are born into ambiguity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all this uncertainty. What's my new role here? How is this going to work? Um, you know, step step relationships are so fragile, and they take time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so it's really difficult. And um, you know, most of the couples that reach out to us for help are in crisis. Yeah, they're they're just mm-hmm. they they've hit a wall. They're ready to call it quits, and they don't know you know, they just don't know what they don't know. They yeah. walked into it thinking like I naively did that this was going to be easy. <laughs> Everyone's going to love each other. It's going to be great. And their expectations were so off from mm-hmm. the reality that they experienced that yeah. they just, they don't know what to do with all the pain and the complexity. And
1: mm-hmm. If I could add, you know, I um, often it's not about the people. Mm-hmm. It's about the Dynamics and the pressure.
3: Exactly.
1: And, you know, in a first family, you've got a couple that comes together and they get married and they enjoy that, what we've, uh, you know, come to call in the Western world that honeymoon mm-hmm. period. And that's a time where they're really focused on their coupleness. They're building their unity. They're building their groove together as they're a bond. couple. And then mm-hmm. they have children together. But that first foundational relationship of the home is the coupleness relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they get to gradually learn how to experience familyness together. Well, in a blended family, those relationships are actually reordered. The first, longest, and most history in all the relationships is actually with the parent and the child. Mm-hmm. And when the couple comes together, it's the weakest relationship in the home. And so now, right out of the gate, we're navigating familyness without ever really fully establishing our coupleness, mm-hmm. and that's kind of out of order, mm-hmm. and it gets really challenging to figure out how to actually make all of that work.
2: How to build the foundation. And so, and
1: so because of that, that coupleness begins to get pulled apart, not because they're you know, just mean to each other, but just because of all these swirling dynamics, and that is what tends to increase the divorce rate within the blended family realm.
0: It's really interesting when you bring up the idea of coupleness and familyness, and I did grow up in a blended family um, but and I've seen this with with so many other people where it almost feels like um, blended families sway towards one or the other meaning so much coupleness that the kids feel lost yeah. like where's mm-hmm. my parents How, they're not focusing on me they're so in yeah. love they're so in their new mm-hmm. life and i'm kind of an old chapter yeah. or familyness, and there's no sense of coupleness and the couples mm-hmm. are even divided and kids are playing mm-hmm. you know kind of Like getting them to go against each other in parenting and discipline Mm -hmm. and all that. So it feels almost like when it gets unhealthy is when you're sort of almost so one or the other.
1: Yes, that's it. Exactly. You you hit the nail right on the head there, Willow. That's absolutely true. I've seen that. We talk a lot about, especially in the early years, there's this push-pull tug, you know, Mm -hmm. tug-of-war inside of each parent going, do I choose my new spouse or do I choose my kids? And it feels Mm -hmm. like an either or decision. Mm -hmm. And the reality is what we have to learn is how to make it a both and decision. Mm -hmm. How we really invest in both. (laughs) It's challenging. It's really challenging. You said
0: something earlier that I want to bring back up, Mike. You said knowing what you don't want and knowing how to get what you do want are two completely different things. And Mm -hmm. you sort of are leading me to where I wanted to go a little bit with you guys is on this idea of how intentional does a couple have to be when they realize they're going to merge and blend families? Because Mm -hmm. even you, Kim, said you had kind of like Mm -hmm. this idealistic flippancy, like, oh, it's going to all work out. And I've seen that with friends (laughs) and it doesn't Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. out when there's no intentionality. behind yes. the decision. And so I'm kind of curious what your guys's advice is, um, for, and we'll get later to people who are already merged okay. and yeah. fully blended and the yep. things that are arising in that, that maybe need some more health. But when you're working with couples and you're giving them advice, they're newly blending or they're about to blend, how mm-hmm. do they really lean in and get intentional about how they get the life they want? Mm -hmm. Right? Rather than Mm -hmm. just hoping it works
2: out. Yes.
1: That's a great question. Uh, That's our,
2: that's what we do right Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Willow, that's what we help couples do because awareness is so important. You have to be able to take the blinders off and be honest about what's what's happening and what's going on and your concerns that's one of the Mm -hmm. first thing we ask couples you know what are your biggest concerns Mm -hmm. um going into this because they'll they'll notice oh i'm not sure i like the way they parent or they handle this situation in a way that i wouldn't Mm -hmm. and i'm really worried about how that's going to impact my kids or or you know my existence in their home is going to be really rough if that continues and and so we ask them to get really honest. Now it's the first step and mm-hmm. that can be hard because they're in the they're kind of in that la la stage of love, yeah, you know? They, they don't want to talk or
1: excited about the new beginning. Yeah, they don't want to
2: talk that. about hard stuff or uh-huh. concerns. So we kind of help them talk about the hard stuff and uh-huh. open open up some awareness and help them get their expectations to a more realistic place. Uh-huh based on everything we know because of what we've been through mm-hmm. and what the what the research shows I mean we have so much to draw from that'll help couples start to understand mm-hmm. that oh it, it's okay if you know the two sets of kids don't fall in love with each other you know the first right out, <laughs> the, yeah, right out of the gate exactly. that's okay that's normal yep. mm-hmm. and so and so they can relax and not panic when things don't happen the way they thought they would happen mm-hmm. and and then just applying good strategies, Mm -hmm. there are so many helpful, healthy, effective ways to go about merging two Mm -hmm. families. And again, the research and through our experience and working with other couples, these strategies work. Yeah. But so many couples just don't know what they don't know. They just Mm -hmm. stumble into it thinking, we can figure it out, we can wing it. Mm -hmm. And then they get to a point later where they're like, Wow, we really had no idea what we were doing and now there's a lot of regret. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there's relational pain and sometimes broken relationships and mm-hmm. all kinds of of dynamics that they really weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And so intentionality can can save you from so much heartache.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely yeah. But, and 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 save your kids from a lot of heartache as well.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. There there has to be intentionality. I love Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Ron Deal in an interview once say, "Hey, what's your, you know, like number one piece of advice for blended families?" And he thought for a minute. He said, "You know, all I can say is be intentional about learning all you can about the realities of blended family dynamics. Just yeah. keep learning. Yep. Have a, you know, and I I think, yeah, like have a curiosity mindset and learn and realize that I maybe haven't done this successfully in the past and I might need uh, some extra strategies, some extra learning in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Because the, the reality is what we're looking for is is merging these two different cultures. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, what we actually experience is culture clash rather yeah. than merging those cultures. Mm-hmm. And that takes takes work.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and it's very interesting to me. I mean, Kim, you, you listed off several things going on. And one of the things that really sticks out to me is you mentioned there's so much grief and loss. And I think a lot of people um, are sort of, they're thinking, oh, we're going to merge our families. The kids need to figure out how to live with each other. Do we have enough room? There's a lot of like practical things. And I sometimes wonder if we're pausing enough in this season where blended families are emerging to think, wow, my kid has gone through deep grief. Yeah. And am I attending to that? And am I allowing them to recognize what they're losing? Yes, they're gaining right. something, but yeah. am I giving them space to be able to say, this is what I've lost?
4: Your mental, spiritual and emotional health is worth time, energy and investment as women, we can sometimes struggle to find the space and time necessary to focus on rejuvenating our minds and our spirits. But the truth is, our health is worth it. The Collide Counseling Bundle is an online course featuring 12 videos of mental health professionals giving their best advice, journals, resources, and so much more to help walk you through the topics that are most relevant to your life. Anxiety, broken relationships, body image, and more. We are so thrilled to be making the resources for a sustainable healing journey available for the same investment as what one therapy session typically costs, $99. It's time to invest in your healing and wholeness. Learn more at wecollide.net dot slash counseling bundle.
0: I'm kind of curious, um, what what would you guys hear the biggest common mistakes blended families make?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can kind of break it out. One of the biggest mistakes for a step parent coming in is to take on a role of disciplinarian right out of the gate.
3: Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: The step-parent's rule of thumb is connection. Focus on connecting with your stepkids rather than correcting them.
1: Yeah, connection, not correction.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and that because you can sabotage your relationship with a stepchild if you step into that role too quickly. Mm -hmm. And without building a trusted relationship with them first, that authority will grow, but it needs to grow from a place of relational trust and connection not just because, you know, I'm the step-parent now, so I should be able to tell these kids, you know, what to do and how to do it. And so we, we see that often that, um, Bio parents are like, oh, great, I'm remarried now. I don't have to take on all the burdens of discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now I have someone who can step up and help me discipline. And so they sometimes even back off mm-hmm. and kind of abdicate their role to the step parent. And it puts a step parent in a very difficult place where they mm-hmm. should not have to be um, with their stepchildren. And that's one of the biggest mistakes we see. And that was a big problem during COVID. Um, yeah. And, and continues to be a big problem when the bio parent um, is out of the house. They they maybe are working outside the home and it's like, oh, well, great. I don't I don't need to do child care anymore. I have this new partner here who can mm-hmm. watch my kids.
1: And traditionally, it's the stepmom. Who mm-hmm. often gets put in this well, role? We, we've
2: seen some stepdowns. Oh, we too have. we that, have that get you know. Here's yep. my kids. Take care of them, and yep. and it seems natural and normal because that's exactly what you would do in first family dynamics. But mm-hmm. it doesn't work in these dynamics. And now this poor step parent is just struggling mm-hmm. with their relationship with their stepchildren, and the stepchildren are pushing back, and they start mm-hmm. building stories in their head about this new person. And it's just too much Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the one of the biggest mistakes we see
1: yeah Yeah. i I think another big mistake that is really common is this idea that well if we want to experience family life together then we need to spend a whole ton of family time together but the reality is especially in the early years that the tensions are typically highest when the whole family is together yeah And so one of the ways that we combat that is very counterintuitive, and it's all about strategically creating one-on-one time or bio-unit time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kids are often moving back and forth between two homes, right? And so one of the simple hacks that we often talk with couples about is, hey, when the kids are headed back to your home, have that bio-parent just spend a little bit of strategic time with the kids before they get reintroduced every single week back into this whole sense of family And what that does is, if you stop for an ice cream or for a walk in the park on the way from picking the kids up from you know mom's house to come back to our home, um, what that starts to do with the kids is it gives them a sense of security and stability in their relationship with their bio parent who seems to be having some allegiance to this new woman in dad's life, Mm -hmm. these new kids that are coming along with her, where do I fit in and all of that? That's really destabilizing. Mm -hmm. But if we can just get these little moments to remind the kids, hey, you know what? You're my priority. I love you. I'm committed to you. You're, You're good. We're okay. And you spend that little bit of time, all of a sudden they're coming back to your home, back into the throes of blended family life. Mm-hmm. from a place of feeling invested in, from a place of their importance being uplifted and their priority being uplifted. They know they're loved. Now they're stable rather than destabilized. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're they're probably going to show up a little bit better. Yeah. And all of a sudden, dinner on Friday night gets a lot more calm than it used to be when they would just pop mm-hmm. in the house. Okay, everybody's rushing around. Let's get dinner on the table. And uh, it just is better. But it's really counterintuitive because yeah. we think, Well, it should be just like the Brady Bunch. We should just spend all of our time together and it'll be great. And it doesn't actually turn out that way.
0: Such fantastic advice. I can see why people benefit from meeting with you guys. I'm curious when I think about people listening who they're in the throes of it. You know, they've been doing this blended family thing. What are some indicators that a blended family has some unhealthy dynamics? Like how could they kind of look at a few things and go, yep. yeah, yep, that's going on. Maybe I need some tools, some help,
2: some
3: resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: One of the things that we hear about a lot is um, families that kind of live under one roof, but they're two separate families. Mm-hmm. So they really haven't blended or merged at all. Mm-hmm. and again, usually at the root of that are parenting disagreements, yeah. so they kind of go, they kind of get this mindset of, well, I'm just going to parent my kids my way, and you parent your kids your way, mm-hmm. and so they're completely separate in how they handle, you know, most situations in their home when the kids are there, mm-hmm. and that um, that's a big indication that e- there's problems because you've got two sets of kids going, wait a minute, how come, you know, we have to do chores, but you know your new wise kids they don't have to do any chores mm-hmm. and wait a minute how come they get you know hours and hours of screen time but we don't mm-hmm. and so that sets the home up for double standards and a lot of resentment will grow from that dynamic
1: yeah. yeah so if you've ever hear hearing yourself say you parent your kids and i'll parent mine that's probably an indicator that things aren't uh working that's in a, a red flag way. we're not working toward unification with, yeah, yeah. with the you're family.
2: also not directing and guiding your family to where you want to be what are the values what are the character traits and the life Mm -hmm. skills that you want as a family for your children and so the couple needs to come together and have those kind of conversations Mm -hmm. of what do we want for our family where are we headed Mm -hmm. and how do we lay that out to our children and how do we hold everyone to that standard Mm -hmm. in, in the right way
1: I think another indicator is, is you're observing your children when, uh, you know, there starts to be a change in behavior or a pulling away mm-hmm. and kind of isolating. And it is really out of character yeah. for that child. We've heard so many times, um, this is just not that child. Like this. They've never acted like this before. And and sure, those are indicators for lots of things that can be going on at school and in their social life. There's all kinds of things that can be going on. But if you're experiencing that, there might be some blended dynamics that are going on that are that could use some work.
2: Or some grief bubbling up to the surface. Kids will will continue to grieve that things are just so different than they used to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think another indicator it is Really common. I mean, blended you know family life these days is is challenging and busy. We use we hear, hear the word busy all the time, right? And the kids have extracurricular activities and we've got school and so we've got work and we've got all the things that we have going on. Well, with a blended plant family, add the to the complexity that, well, my kids are moving back and forth between homes, and your kids are moving back and forth between homes, and a lot of times those aren't necessarily on the same schedule. So now we're also navigating all of that. And even in some cases, my kids go to this school and your kids go to that school. And there's all it's like a multiplying effect that they have to deal with this tendency toward toward busyness. And what ends up happening often because we all love our kids and we all want to invest in what's going on with them is what gets put on the on the back burner. Is our relationship, mm-hmm. and we get so overfocused on trying to navigate the busyness of our familyness mm-hmm. that we forget to regularly invest in our coupleness, yeah. and we just get put on the back burner. And when I, you know, when we go through these seasons where we're both, you know, hugging our own sides of the bed, uh, you know, for multiple nights in a row, there's maybe an indicator that we haven't been investing in our coupleness. Enough lately. Yeah.
2: Or if you feel like you're just in survival yeah. mode, just trying to get through it yeah. and kind of gritting your teeth and getting through it, um, but you don't feel connected to your spouse, you're not yeah. really dealing with the hardships that are yeah. coming at your way, you're not dealing with them together as a team. Yeah. Um, that's a big indicator. Yeah. Those are all really helpful and
0: um, interesting. I I even think some of them apply to people who don't have blended (laughs) families. I'm like, oh, Um, how (laughs) do you advise parents to co-parent with their exes in a way that benefits rather than harms their children? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. How much longer do we have? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe this.
0: you could touch on it just because I see it I mm-hmm. see it being an issue in yeah. people's lives where they are still filled with anger and oh. frustration and bitterness or there's unhealthy things happening. Cause you were just talking about the to and fro and the kids back and forth in another mm-hmm. home. You can't control what happens in another home. And then yeah. sometimes, um, the frustration between, um, you know, former spouses and a blended family can mm-hmm. actually mostly harm the children. And so yeah. how do you invite people to learn to co-parent yeah.
1: well? Yeah. You know, First, I would say let's get our expectations in line. Often we get really frustrated with the way the ex is acting. They're either or how
2: they operate
1: their home or manage their home, how they're responding to me or reacting to me. And I get offended by that and and, and all that. And and that's legitimate. That's a challenge that we all have to face. Mm -hmm. But chances are there's a reason you're not together anymore. And Mm -hmm. maybe you couldn't agree on some things back when you were together, and so having an expectation that you're going to be able to reach simple agreements Mm -hmm. now is probably an unrealistic expectation. So getting our expectations in line—that hey, we're going to have to navigate some difficult conversations, and we're not always going to see eye to eye. That's one uh, kind of just mindset shift that I think a lot of us need to make in order to to deal well with that. And I would add. You know, Kim just mentioned, boy, you know, exes operate a certain way in their home and we operate a certain way in our home and sometimes those values don't align Mm -hmm. and that can be really challenging to send your kid over to a home where you know, boy, this is not the way that I want my child to be raised and yet Mm -hmm. I'm required to send this child back over there. And Mm -hmm. ultimately we want them to have a relationship with both parents. And so that can be really challenging, but we also have to remember that our home is our domain.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: We can hold our boundaries and our values in high esteem and don't erode your own values in order to try and bring them down to meet what the child's experiencing in the other home. And here's Mm -hmm. the root of why I say that. A lot of Mm -hmm. times when we have different values in our home than the ex has in their home, we have this tendency, to have fear Mm -hmm. around setting our own boundaries because I don't want to hear my kids say, I just want to spend more time at dad's. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear my kids say, oh, well, I don't have to do this when I'm at my mom's house.
2: Or mom lets me do this.
1: Exactly. We don't want to hear those things. And so we get fearful. And so we start to actually erode our boundaries and erode our values. And we don't have to do that. You know, kids know how to adjust. Like, Kids in middle school and in in high school, they move from teacher to teacher to teacher multiple times in a day, and they know exactly which classes they can wear a hat in or chew gum in Mm -hmm. and which ones they can't, and they make those adjustments. And I know that's a simple example, but the truth is kids do the same thing when they're moving back and forth between homes. Yes, the adjustment period can be a little you know, rocky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Friday nights, sure. Saturday mornings can be rough sometimes. But once they get back in that environment and realize, oh yeah, this is mom's house and this is how things work in mom's house, typically they can adjust. But the key is for you to be consistent in your home. Yeah. And so the more you can establish that in your home, actually the less friction you can begin to have between the homes because you're you're starting to no longer Try to dictate what's you, going on you can't in other
2: control home. what what your former yeah, spouse exactly. does in their home.
1: What, what would you add to all that honey? Um,
2: I would say really for anyone out there listening, if this is a struggle for you if you see your kids going to the other home and you know that things are very different and the values over there are not what you want your child to be picking up uh, we struggled with that. Uh, my daughter's two homes were very different. There is a very effective strategy around that, mm-hmm. and um, we'd love to share that with you. Reach out to us; we can help you with that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and and get you set up with with a way to manage that in your home that you do have control over, without bad mouthing the other home or the other parent in that home. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you've got to be very careful when you're talking about how the other home manages their. Their life and the decisions they make. Um, you don't want you don't want a bad mouth. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know co-parenting one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree with what the other parent is doing, um, don't don't feed that information to your child. You're only hurting your child when you do that. Mm-hmm. But there is a strategy. We probably don't have time to go into yeah, it here, yeah, it but there is a strategy of how to handle that. That's very effective that we used for years, still use with my daughter and she's yeah. 26.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's very helpful.
1: And And just a final comment. Notice what we didn't say. We didn't say, here's how to change your ex. No. <laughs> it, it's not going to happen. And so we just want to focus on what we're you, doing. You
2: can house. change your relationship with your ex. Yeah. You can y- You can do things to create a more collaborative and cooperative relationship by how you act. Yeah. But you can't change their behavior. That's right. Yeah.
0: Such a good word. I'm curious. You know, you guys are over 20 years into this blended family business What are some healthy things you have sort of healthy habits you've woven into your blended family that you recommend other people do as well?
2: Hmm. Take regular date nights. Yes. (laughs) Invest in your relationship.
1: Even when you're in a tough season. Yes. We had a very tough season about 10 years ago, and we actually talked about separation. We did. Uh, it was, it and in that, that season, we chose, even though we were gritting our teeth sometimes, mm-hmm. to continue showing up at date night, and uh, and it was tough, and we had some really quiet meals sometimes, but uh, but we continued to show up, and that was yeah. uh, that was huge, that was important.
2: And it's not just a healthy habit for us as a couple, but it's a healthy thing for you to show your children. Mm-hmm. Your children need to see that you're mm-hmm. invested in your marriage, that for it's sure. a priority. Because um, that gives them stability. They're Absolutely. working on this relationship. They're going to make it work. A lot of time kids are, kids are wondering, is this going to go the distance? And mm-hmm. that can cause them to be very guarded towards a step parent. Like, why should yeah. I get close to them if this marriage is going to blow up? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so when they see you investing in your marriage, going to marriage retreats, engaging in counseling or coaching or whatever it is you need, mm-hmm. we encourage our clients to tell your mm-hmm. kids that you're investing in coaching, that you're getting help, that you're learning better ways to do blended family life. Mm -hmm. They see that and it gives them an example for their future relationship, but it also gives them that stability that, wow, they're really working at this. And so even if you have to hire a sitter once in a while during your visitation, which I know just people really push against. <laughs> once in a while, it's okay to mm-hmm. let your kids see you getting dressed up and going out on date night because mm-hmm. that I mean that happens in a first family home all the time. Kids, yeah. you know, are left with a babysitter will will their parents go out. It's okay for your kids to see mm-hmm. that once in a while.
1: Mm-hmm. I think a couple other things, you know, keep learning, whether it's mm-hmm. listening to podcasts, yes. reading books, um You can check out the Family Life Blended podcast; is great. You can check out our podcast. Um,
2: We're still learning and growing. We still attend seminars. We still go to all of Ron Deal's events. We still Mm -hmm. read every book Mm -hmm. he he puts out. It's it's Uh, amazing what how much there is to learn.
1: Yeah, and then I would add, learn an effective strategy for regulating your own emotions, Mm. and that might not be just for blended families. That might be for every. couple Mm -hmm. every person out there but often how many times do we do or say the things that we really don't want to do or say in a moment of high emotion and when that spills out onto step relationships uh when that continues to happen between us as a couple and we haven't learned how to truly regulate our own emotions um that it's it's just a formula for disaster in the Mm -hmm. long run Yeah. You know, we learned to do that very late, actually, in our marriage. We learned
2: I, I wish we'd learned we learned it earlier. It well. <laughs> and if we had
1: learned to do it before that difficult season, you know, 10 years ago, maybe we could have avoided that pain.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, we were stuck in a pain cycle, that's for sure, where yeah. we just triggered each other and round and round and round. Mm-hmm. And we eventually learned a great process for breaking out of mm-hmm. a pain cycle and landing on the truth and staying mm-hmm. connected even through difficult conversations. Yeah, And that's one of the things that we coach couples with and it really does help. It helps yeah. in every relationship, not just in your marriage, but when your step kid is annoying you or does something that's really hurtful, mm-hmm. you can regulate yourself before you react in that moment. And it's it's amazing, it makes such a difference.
1: And, and you know, if someone's listening and they're thinking, why didn't why didn't they talk about parenting and co-parenting and all that when you said like, what are the things you can do? We've gotta remember that our couple relationship, regardless of all the other dynamics swirling around us, is the foundation of the home. Because if the couple isn't together, there's no reason for the kids to be together yeah, either. Yeah,
2: if we're not connected, why should the kids and,
1: hang and in? And someday when the kids all move on to their adulthood, Guess who's going to be left? Mm -hmm. And so the more we can build our partnership, the more we can build our relationship and our romance together, then a lot of the partnership it takes to do the rest of those things is going to flow out of that. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: guys are a wealth of information. I feel like I've gained so much and I'm I'm currently <laughs> not in a blended family, but I've <laughs> learned a lot. Um but I definitely have a lot of friends who are and I'm going to be sending this podcast on to them because I think it's going to greatly impact them. I appreciate you guys taking the time today. My last question for you is mm-hmm. you know, it kind of blows me away because you know, I've sort of watched you guys from afar over the years and, Mm uh, you took this big leap of faith in a sense Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. left kind of successful careers and, um, -hmm. made sacrifices and really have said yes to God using you to help other blended families. And I want to first say, like, I applaud whatever that's taken for you, whatever sacrifice to, to trust God can use you and step away from things, you know, and are comfortable with (laughs) to do this work. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I'm very curious when you look back over the course of your story, you look back to that day, you know, where you guys went to this wedding and you fell in love and, You blended your families, and you realized you had a lot to learn, and you started becoming learners, and you got curious. And now you see all these people that you're helping.
3: Mm.
0: Are you just blown away by what God's done in your life? I mean, how do you (laughs) sense, how do you better grasp God and
2: what He's doing, not only in your story, but through it? Mm. It, it's all to his glory willow it really yeah. is i mean we wouldn't still be married if it wasn't mm. for the work that god has done in each of us individually yes the healing the grace the love all of it we we wouldn't have made it if, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for for that for for what god has done in our lives i mean it's just incredible Mm-hmm. And he's brought us through some really difficult seasons um, in our marriage, in our parenting with my daughter. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's been it's been hard, but mm-hmm. he's always showed us the way. He's oh. always just illuminated the path,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we've learned to trust. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times Willow, we've sat and had the conversation of how did we get here like out of a out of a spirit of joy like how do we get to do this huh. um when we when we facilitate marriage retreats or when we get to work with couples um you know one of the things god's called us to is to position our message through the lens of truth without christianese if i can say it that way <laughs> and the privilege it is to connect with people who are are either not willing to recognize or struggling in their relationship with the Lord how we can just come in in a very mm-hmm. practical way and meet them in their pain and help them to walk through that and mm-hmm. and celebrate that knowing that God loves them mm-hmm. cares for them and is going to going to lead them on the path he has them for what a what a privilege that is like did yeah. those old careers, compared to that, did those old careers matter? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, this is just too awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really well, is amazing. I
0: am, I am just thrilled that you guys keep saying yes to God and you're helping so many people. on I appreciate you taking the time today to help those who hopped on to listen. I know there's mm-hmm. going to be people who want to reach out to you for the work that you're doing in the world. Mm-hmm. How can they find you guys?
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking. And, mm-hmm. and thanks for having us on. Yes. It's been really a, a great thing just to reconnect with you yeah, as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if someone's listening, and they're saying, I- I'd love to, to connect with Mike and Kim. One really easy way is to go to your favorite podcast app and just look up the blended family coaching show. Uh, it's a really simple title. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be really clear what we do, but look up the blended family coaching show and listen to a few episodes and see if you continue to connect with our story. And at that point, if you say, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're in, we want to meet you guys. Uh, just go to Mike and Kim and you can find our podcast there also, but you can uh, sign up for a free coaching session and we'll give you a call at the time you schedule. And we would love to connect with you and just see how we can bring you value.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. You guys, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today.
2: Thank
1: you Willow,
0: we
2: love the work that you do as well, we're big Collide fans and we're just so proud of the ministry you've built and so Mm -hmm. excited for what God's doing with it. So thanks for letting us be a part of it today. Mm -hmm. Uh, thanks, you guys.
0: Wow, there were so many things that I took from that interview. I love that Mike differentiated for us, there's a difference between knowing what you don't want in life. And then knowing how to get what you do want. And the invitation to be intentional in our families, in our blended families, in our marriages is, is, so good. Uh, There were so many things that I took from this. I hope that this blessed you and I wasn't kidding when I told them I'm going to send this to uh, several of my friends who live in blended families and are doing their best but I think Mike and Kim's advice will truly help them. So A really simple thing you can do today is if you got something out of this and you thought of some people who might be blessed by Mike and Kim's wisdom, definitely send This on, pass it on, to bless people. And friend, if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, make sure that you do. You can find it on pretty much any platform you can find podcasts, and it'll come into your inbox every single week. And I hope that you know that God loves you with such a fierce love. And I hope that you continue to keep colliding with Him and letting Him change you, transform you and heal you and bring health into the places in your life that you desire at most. Keep colliding, friend, and we'll catch you next week.